0: Diamond Club Baseball has produced elite athletes for 10 years now and is even trusted by your Colorado Rockies to run their scout team program. Diamond Club is based right here in Denver, and their goal is to treat player development just like it's a minor league organization so that your child can be set up for the ultimate success.
1: Everyone works together to make sure that everyone's getting the proper instruction that they need to help youth athletes grow and to become great ball players yet enjoy the game. That's why I have my son playing with Diamond Club, because it's, it's a great way to really show them
0: they're, they're learning baseball the right way. That was Sean. As he mentioned, his son plays on a Diamond Club team. They offer multiple summer camps, private lessons, high school teams, and youth competitive teams. Plus, their prices are more affordable than their competition.
1: Diamond Club has very fair price. You know, when you kind of pay and know that all fees for the tournaments, fields, uniforms, and instruction are taken care of, as well as getting access to some of the things that other programs don't offer, like entire team instruction and fitness programs. You know the whole package to really make sure that a ball player ends up a well-rounded youth athlete.
0: Believe us when we tell you that after experiencing the knowledge, positive attitude, work ethic, and fun that their summer camps provide, your child will want to play on one of their teams. Check out DiamondClubBaseball.net today to learn more.
1: Broncos country is sitting in the curse from my high, the
2: best part of the weekend
1: Hugging a perfect stranger, as they become a friend. to the BSN Broncos podcast, coming to you from training camp 2019. And the BSN Broncos podcast is brought to you by Elixinol. Don't take our word on Elixinol, take former Broncos quarterback Jake Plummer's word on it. Plummer is all about the Hemp Balm, which is a topical pain reliever. Uh, And when you buy the Hemp Balm or any other product from Elixinol, 5% of your purchase will go to a nonprofit of your choice. Pretty cool thing they're doing over there. Well, Zach... I mean, I guess the Broncos are, are back again. The Broncos are back. Uh, Broncos are back every day now. The Broncos are always back. It's just the rules. And we got to see our first training camp practice yesterday. And I guess really quick, because I saw a couple people mention this in the comments, and you know we'll, we'll see when we get there. Um, Scheduling-wise, what's going to happen here is we're going to do our podcast every single morning from Broncos training camp. So, yes in the mornings we will be talking about the day before's practices at first it's a little wonky first day of training camp we weren't talking about it but now that we're in the mix you're not going to really notice a difference everything's going to blend together all the days are going to seem the same um we're going to be doing podcasts tomorrow and sunday which your whatever your favorite radio show won't be doing that uh so it's a little wonky at first you guys will get used to it uh and 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 here's the thing if you want to know what happened at practice if you want to know what we thought happened at practice every single day right after practice as fast as we can get it up subscribe to bsndenver.com uh every single day on bsndenver.com we will be releasing our observations from the practice and and if you ask me it's um a, a a very easy way to just read through what happened what were the big things what were the quick notes from practice you know what exactly went down uh, and then the next day, when we come back on the podcast, you'll kind of hear us expand on that. I kind of like the way it sets up. Oh, and by the way, you want a podcast with our observations? Well, we can give you the next closest thing. You can hear our observations in audio story format. You don't need a podcast. You can take that in. How long was your audio yesterday? About seven minutes? Yep. Seven minutes. Boom. Now you know what happened at practice. Then tomorrow we'll hop on and we'll make stupid jokes about stupid stuff that happened. And then it'll be the podcast and that's more fun. But you can get that. And so we have the audio stories. We have the observations. I wrote a story yesterday that has exclusive quotes from Rich Scangarello. Um, so make sure you check out that. It's titled, uh, The Most Important Relationship in the Broncos Organization is Off to a Great Start. Um Make sure you subscribe, and guess what? If you use the promo code Training Camp, oh, sorry, Broncos Camp, use the promo code Broncos Camp, you can get a year subscription for $34.99, which is $10 off our normal price, and additionally, you're going to get a free T-shirt. You're going to get all the content we put out on bsndever.com. You're going to get it all in audio form, and you're going to get the ability to comment on this podcast and hear everything uh, that, that you want us to read, read, whether it be an observation that you had when you were here at camp or a question that you had about our observations.
2: Exactly. So one-stop shop, Ryan, for, for everything you need, and including videos as well. Your face, can you, you can watch Ryan's face for two minutes a day, get a little different type of recap, so make sure that you subscribe. Now, Ryan... At day one of camp, if I would have said, who are three players that you can choose any three players to have a great day or, or to, to look very good, you might have chose the ones that looked really good. Drew Locke, Emmanuel Sanders, and Philip Lindsay. Of course, Emmanuel uh, wasn't necessarily catching all the passes during team drills because he didn't participate in that, but boy, does he look freaking Good. I mean, he could play right now if they needed. I'm so confident in that. Now, Philip Lindsay, he can do it all. No limitations. Just right there. That's great news right there. That, that, that's the best news of the day. But then, Ryan, unsurprisingly, as Vic Fangio said, he looked
1: amazing. Amazing. Zach, watching yesterday's practice, and I don't want to overreact. Actually, I 100% do want to overreact. Philip Lindsay might have a better year. This offense is so freaking conducive to Philip Lindsay's skill set. It's almost like I'm looking back at last year thinking, how did he do that without this? This cutback offense, this zone blocking scheme that they're running on the offensive front is going to be so good for Philip Lindsay. You only had to see it three or four times yesterday to say, oh, my God, the 20-yard runs are just sitting out there on a platter for him every time he takes the field. First carry of the day. Everything's moving to the right. Phillip Lindsay cuts back to the left. He's juking guys out in the open field, and you're thinking, oh, man. Later, the same exact thing. And, yeah, you can't cut it back every time or else the defense won't fall for it. But when he sets them up and hits that cutback, it's going to be Philip Lindsay versus one, two, or three guys for a touchdown every time. It's going to be on Rich Scangarello to just not get
2: scared, not get scared about quote unquote small Philip Lindsay having too much of a load. Like the Broncos were last year, they were scared to use him too much. They wanted to save him and just make sure he lasted all season. It's going to be on Rich Scangarello to not do that. And then Philip Lindsay will have a better year. He looks so good. His vision is amazing. And Ryan, we're not talking about him catching screen passes on Which the he outside good and, and juking people. No, we're talking about running in between the tackles. And you kind of seemed su- surprised when you said how good Philip Lindsay looked, just like Vic Fangio. You shouldn't be surprised that this guy, if you're ever going to take a big step in your NFL career, it's from year one to year two.
1: It's not that I'm surprised that Philip Lindsay is looking successful. If anyone isn't surprised by Philip Lindsay. It's me. I'm surprised at how amazing this offense looks for him. And you mentioned throwing the ball. He went out there and caught a lot of passes too. He's catching the ball out in space. Um, With all due respect to Royce Freeman, who I think is a good player, it is going to be so difficult for Rich Gangarello, Vic Fangio, Curtis Modkins to not sit there and think, man, how are we going to put him out there? When Phil could go to the house on any play,
2: it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough. And last year, Philip Lindsay played in what, like, less than fifty percent of the snaps. That would be criminal, criminal. If it's anywhere close to that this year, he, don't don't be scared. Philip Lindsay, let him handle his business and let him just pick defenses apart and let him just strike fear and the hearts of defensive coordinators
1: he's gonna be a star this year he was a star last year in denver when he came out here yesterday zach he got the the biggest ovation of anyone and when i say anyone i mean anyone that includes 58 55 five anyone all the fives philip Lindsay got the biggest ovation he waved to the crowd they went crazy it's kind of a small crowd but who cares um very small crowd some people care a lot i don't care at all um I'll tell you what, there's gonna be, you know, seventy-five thousand or whatever it is come week two. That's all that really matters. Anyways, Philip Lindsay's gonna be a star this year, a national star, so just get ready for it. Um, I've never been wrong about a Philip Lindsay prediction.
2: And Ryan, the third guy that did well yesterday, Drew Locke.
1: Drew Locke. He was the best quarterback out there. It's crazy <sighs> It feels crazy to say that, and, and, and you do have to keep it with the grain of salt that he's going up against the twos and threes, while Joe Flacco was always going up against the ones. But it's crazy to say it, because we kind of pre- prefaced the training camp by telling people, hey, listen, Joe Flacco is going to look like the best quarterback by far, every single day, and Drew Locke is just good. I mean, I think we said it yesterday. Drew Locke's going to be inconsistent, and you just want to see him take a step forward. He went out there yesterday. I wouldn't call him inconsistent. Um, obviously, he wasn't perfect. Consistency was his game yesterday. Right. He's hitting all the passes. Uh, he made the biggest play of the day, and a, a beautiful dime to Brennan Langley, of all people, way down the right sideline. Uh, Langley, he, he kind of put it on the back shoulder where only Langley could get it, even 50 yards down the field. Langley elevated, brought it in, had a touchdown. And then Drew was just showing off the toolbox all day. I was actually even more
2: impressed by another throw he made. Pressure in his face. Drew isn't just rolling right. It started as a roll to the right, but then he's in full-on sprint mode to the right with the defender in his face about to take him down, if it was a game. And he does this sidearm shot, and the ball just zips out, not only with power, but with accuracy. Hits a receiver in the hands about 10 yards down the field, who was in tight coverage, by the way perfectly in stride. That is why they drafted Drew Locke, is for those plays. Is Ryan, it's John Elway plays.
1: And, and it was 10 yards down the field from the line of scrimmage, but it's about 20 from where Drew threw it because he had pressure right in his face from the start, had to had to retreat, throw it off his back foot, sidearm, and like you said, led the receiver perfectly. Now someone um, responded to my tweet about that and said, oh, that's a pick in the game. And I'm like, no, no. No, it's not. No. Um, If it's Case Keenum trying to make that throw, probably is a pick. If it's Trevor Simeon trying to make that throw, probably is a pick. you got to understand that this kid's arm talent is on a different level. Um, You know, I I felt crazy saying this, but I was talking to another media member yesterday, and and I was saying, like, is it fair to say his arm talent, just don't take this any further than his arm talent, is, is on par with guys like Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers? And they agreed with me. If, if, if you can get people to stop thinking about everything else, because he has a long way to go to be a Patrick Mahomes or an Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, the arm right here from the shoulder to the tip of his middle finger, that is on par with those guys, and that's why he can make those throws.
2: Yeah, and the most impressive thing, though, was the consistency in making the right decisions. Joe Flacco
1: threw a pick yesterday. Not a big deal. One pick, not a big deal. At least we don't have to talk about, like, how long he's gone without a pick. (laughs) It was practice number six for Case Keenum, I believe. exactly. Drew, maybe we will start that conversation because he did not
2: throw an interception yesterday. He didn't put a ball in harm's way. Uh, A lot, a lot of checkdowns, but you know what? That's okay because he's not holding on to the ball and scrambling with it, a.k.a. Paxton Lynch. He's not throwing interceptions left and right, a.k.a. Mark Sanchez. He's making the right reads. Now, I, I as I wrote in my observations yesterday, Drew Locke wasn't, you know, we weren't saying phenomenal. It wasn't a four, start him. It wasn't exactly. It wasn't a 400 yard, four touchdown type of performance, but it was really good, especially for the first day. Now that's what you want to see every day, man, Ryan. If he does this day in and day out, oh boy, now, there's, there's going to be no drama with him as a starter come week one. But this will tell John Elway, you can move on from Joe Flacco whenever.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I left yesterday being confident that Drew Locke, there's no question he's the number two. Uh, You know, I know there was no question before, and we kind of poo pooed the whole thing anyway. But there's no, okay, Drew struggles all the way through training camp, and they got to, you know, they got to play it smart and have Hogan. No, that's not going to happen. Drew's the number two. uh, It's Drew's twos. And as we move forward here. Kevin Hogan is gonna need to just move out of the way. (laughs) And he's helping himself do that right now, Ryan. Absolutely. Couple other things here, uh, Zach that I've noticed and and I want to write about this because I freaking love it. Did you notice something missing um from practice yesterday throughout the the entirety of practice? Is it what we're hearing right now? It is what we're hearing right now. It's music. No music, Zach. No music. There was no music blaring in our ear before the pod. Before the pod ended, there was no music when they started. There is no music when they are in teamwork. There's no music. Special teams, no music. Whole practice. Why do you like that? Because this is not a party. This is a football practice. There is no reason the coaches need to be yelling over, uh, you know, Lil Wayne or ASAP Rocky. I'm just naming off rappers. Uh, there's no reason that the coaches need to be yelling over those guys when they're trying to teach them something. So I have a question for you then. Did you blame John
2: Fox or any part of the Broncos for not having music, noise, whatever, leading up to the Super Bowl week?
1: Yes, and that's a very, very different thing. How? Because this is about teaching right here. When it's before the Super Bowl – you have to think of that stuff. Now, it, it, Vic Fangio thinks of everything. Now you got to do it the other way. When they're practicing before uh, they play the Chiefs, they're going to blare the stupid tomahawk chop music. It's not about Joe Flacco being able to signal out to the sidelines. If you're playing music, that's not going to change. Or, sorry, to the, to, the, to the edge. Playing music is not going to mimic 75,000 people screaming by any stretch of the mind. So... That doesn't bother me at all. That when that when that when that bridge comes, they'll cross that bridge. But to me, when these coaches are trying to install an offense, when these coaches are trying to teach, the fact that they're having to yell over music is silly to me. But it ha- during team periods, which is typically when music would come in, it's not during the individual
2: times when the teaching is going on. When they're on the field doing doing the teamwork. You typically don't have coaches. You know, you shouldn't have Mike Muncek telling Garrett Bowles where to line up when it when you're going
1: eleven on eleven. You shouldn't really have that teaching. But you should be able to. If Rich Gangarello wants to yell, no, 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 three feet out, or or if Zach Azani saying, hey, come in, come in a little tighter. This is a, this isn't about trying to get used to crowd noise. I don't, I don't love that. I, I don't hate it. I'm just playing devil's
2: advocate right now because I could see if if Vance Joseph didn't have this, then we could be saying, oh, what was he doing not having that? Uh, so it, it's, it's interesting. I want to ask Vic Fangio about that today, actually. I had in my notes to, to see. Why? Why? Is it because of that? Is it because of the
1: teaching part? It's, a, it's, it's for a reason. It's always for a reason. Everything he does is for a reason. And I said this yesterday. I bet you when he was not a head coach, and he's been here for 30 years, 30 years in this league, when he was not a head coach, he was sitting there with a notebook and it said, on the front of it, it said, when we, when we become a head coach. And he just re- jotted down little things. No stupid frickin' music when we're trying to teach. Maybe a week from now, he brings the music in. He says, hey, we've installed the offense. We've, the defense knows where they're supposed to be. Now we can let it come in. But we're trying to teach right now. I- I'm interested to see what he says. Maybe there's going to play music today. And I'm going to be mad because I like the no music. It allow- I think it just helps everyone focus. You're trying to get the attention of millennials here. It's not easy it's already hard enough. You put some music in the background, you're just messing with their brains. Let their brains focus on what's important, what's in front of them. So
2: two negatives that came out of yesterday. The first one, Todd Davis had a partial ta- calf tear uh, at the very end of practice. I believe it was the very last rep that the defense had as a first string. Um, and he's supposed to be out three to four weeks. So on the surface timetable seems fine the injury to me it's a little more scary when you're dealing with a calf it's kind of like a hamstring where three to four weeks could be three weeks but could turn into five six you don't want to bring him back early because a strain those things can kind of come up again. So uh, three to four weeks doesn't seem that bad, but just make sure you're handling it right. And everything that I've seen from Vic and his his medical staff is that they are being very cautious because you almost have two months until you need Todd Davis for week one. So don't rush him. And everything the Broncos have done says they aren't going to rush him.
1: I'm not concerned about this. I'm just not concerned about it. Um, in fact, I think that this could end up being... A, I don't want to call it a blessing in disguise because that feels disrespectful. Um, a, a, There could be a, a silver lining that comes out of this, which is Joe Jones getting a real chance. Um, a, a, as an undrafted guy, and, and any undrafted guy will tell you this, you just don't come in with the same opportunities as the other players on the team that were drafted. And I think Joe Jones has, has actually been respected pretty uh, very well. By the coaches who ha- he's played under here, but he's never truly gotten a full chance. And in fact, when he played, uh, I can't remember what game it was, he played extensive minutes or snaps. Yeah. He played really well. Yeah. I want to see Joe Jones go out here and capitalize on this opportunity, and I know he has the mindset to go out there and do it.
2: Ryan, this and the offensive line are the two positions that you really didn't want. To have an injury that, that, that you weren't set up for. Look, the the Broncos like Todd Davis and 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 Josie Jewell enough to pass up on so many linebackers this offseason. Now half of that's gone. And probably if you had to choose one, like one to get injured, of course is a terrible thing to say, but you had to choose one, you'd probably choose you'd you probably choose to keep Todd Davis. So one of the weakest parts of the team just got weaker, so it it, it can't be a positive. At all. But yeah, I I agree. Joe Jones will get a shot. And Joe Jones is a guy who profiles the best of any linebacker on this team for a Vic Fangio defense.
1: Exactly. And so I want to see him go out there and take this opportunity. What was the other negative? Cortland Sutton. Mm.
2: Last year, he was the star of training camp. He was the guy. Even as a rookie, he was the man. Yesterday, on the very first day, not trying to overreact here, but the very first day, he had more drops than anyone, and
1: I didn't notice him make one good play. I did. I did. He didn't make one nice play. He he, he, he came across on a deep in. Flacco threw it into double coverage. He went up above both guys and made the play. Um, but at least three drops. I thought it might have been four. Um, I wasn't taking notes because you had the observation, so I didn't have a count on it. Um, but at least three drops, and sloppy. Just looks sloppy from Cortland Sutton, and that is not what you want to hear. You need him to be the opposite of that. You need him to be clean. You need him to go out here and dominate just like he did last year. Now, last year we were probably being quite a bit less critical of him um, and really seeing the positives because we're seeing a rookie out here, but things change. You're the guy now. You want, you, you, talk, you talk the talk. You said you're going to come out here and be the number one receiver. Um, I think both of us disagree with that if Emmanuel Sanders is healthy. But if you're going to talk that talk, you better come out here and walk the walk. And he simply did not do so in day one. He's got to bounce back today. He,
2: he has to. And, and he can't have many of these days. He has to be uh, close to a number one receiver. Drafted in the second round your second year after a 700-yard season, you better step step up and be a pretty darn good number two receiver in this league. And that's that's what he needs to do this year. So you can't see that again. We can't have the drops consistently coming from him. We need him to be consistent. And last year, he was always making the big plays. So that's not what I was looking for from him this training camp. I was looking for consistency, and so far I didn't start off that way.
1: Here's the thing is, you know, you, you might think it's an overreaction that I say he has to come out here and have a good day today. Here's the thing. If he comes out here and has a bad day today, now we're talking about a real concern. Uh Now we're saying, oh, my God, what if he starts training camp with three bad days? Right. If he comes out here and has a good day today, we say, okay, he's he's back to even, you know. Um it, It's like in golf. They always say, you know, you can't win the tournament on the first day, but you can lo- lose the tournament on the first day. And that's a little different here. But if you start with two bad practices in a row, well, you're in danger of starting with three bad practices in a row. If you start with one bad practice, one good practice, all right, well, now the next practice breaks the tie. But he needs to show us that he can go out there and run those number one routes, and he can go out there and beat Chris Harris Jr. That's what's going to make him a successful player in this league and and give the Broncos the ability to say, okay, well, we don't have to keep Emmanuel Sanders around next year. So he's got to go out there and have a really good practice today. He does, he does. And Ryan, River
2: Craycraft is the first player on the field. The second one right now, Drew Locke.
1: That is good to see. That is really, really good to see uh, for Drew Locke. He had such a good day yesterday. He said all the right things after practice, and I really want people to understand what this means, because he's doing all the right things, saying all the right things, and making all the right plays. And, and when you combine all those things, you're going to get something good. And he said all the right things
2: yesterday. Uh, yesterday, he we talk, he talked to the media and said that there was no chance he was going to miss a practice. He was letting his agency do what they needed to do, but he told them, once this gets to uh, me missing practice, well, I'm going to say no and I'm going to go in, sign the contract, and be there with my
1: teammates. Love that. I don't even care if it's true. I like that he, say it, that he said
2: it.
1: Uh, he also said he didn't even know what a quarterback premium was. I don't buy that. He said Tom, Tommy, and Jimmy know what that means. I honestly thought that was a phrase. Like I thought that was an expression. <laughs> like, you know, that's for the birds. He's like, ah, Tom, Tommy, and Jimmy probably know what that means. I don't know. But, no, th- those are actually the name uh, of his agents. He has three. That's uh, kind Impressive. of intimidating. Yeah. Uh, all right. Did you know, Zach, that Breckenridge Brewery has a Broncos-themed beer? I, did. I can't believe we haven't talked about that. I yet. I did. It's called um, United in Orange Pale Ale. If I'm, cor- I believe yep. it's a pale ale. Yep. And, and it's orange. It is orange. And if if you hadn't, if you weren't sold on Breckenridge yet, which that just means you don't love us. Um, if you weren't sold on it yet, now you are. They're the only place. That has a a Broncos themed beer where they actually officially partnered with the Broncos. You can get it inside the stadium. Uh, Breckenridge Brewery's colors are orange. You love them even more now. So make sure you check out Breckenridge Brewery and whether it's the United and Orange Pale Ale or our, my personal favorite, the Strawberry Sky, which I could go. I can honestly go for one right now. Eight forty five a.m. Go for a Strawberry <laughs> Sky. Um, make sure you check it out. I know that you guys have been buying in. And, and getting in on some of this stuff uh and you know whether it's you know the vanilla porter they have by you or avalanche uh amber ale you guys have been really supporting breckenridge and, and that's really cool for us because breckenridge is, is doing a lot for us um as a company so check out breckenridge brewery check out that united norwich pale ale and uh yeah we love you for that all right let's take a quick break here zach and when we come back on the other side we'll get to the questions from the listeners
0: Tax debt is impeding the growth of millions of small businesses in the U.S. That's why Symbio Tax and Administration's goal is to enable small businesses and individuals to make informed and calculated decisions when it comes to their taxes. Symbiotax provides small business owners with expert services in resolving tax liabilities and providing financial clarity. I would recommend, George, to anybody who has to deal with the IRS. His strengths
2: and depth of knowledge make him really valuable. You know, over the course of years as a real estate broker, I've had the opportunity to talk with many different tax people. But the one thing I have found with George is he was very easy to work with. He was very articulate.
0: Symbiotax is experienced in preparing returns for all income levels as well as securing penalty abatements and settlements for qualified individuals that sometimes save the taxpayer thousands.
2: George was able to save us about seven thousand dollars and of course you know being an independent real estate
0: broker seven thousand dollars is a substantial amount of money and it was really nice to get that dealt with. They offer free consultations so be sure to check out Symbiotax.com for more information. That's S-Y-M-B-I-O T-A-X.com.
1: We have a third Bronco out on the field now, Zach, and uh, it's a bit of an upset that he wasn't the second Bronco out on the field as he was most of last year. First Let me guess. Second. I don't know. You I haven't know. looked? I'm going to go Deshaun Hamilton. Deshaun Hamilton is the guy. He just on. walked out. <laughs> uh, Drew Locke, the first non-receiver on the field. Um, Only behind River River Craycraft. And Isaiah McKenzie making an appearance. Or someone (laughs) who shares his number. It's going to be Kelvin McKnight. Yes, exactly. Great name. Got a chance (laughs) to make the team just based off of that name. Um, Kelvin McKnight out here as well. Okay, Zach. The people have many questions as we have now taken in a full training camp practice. So why don't we get to those and let them know. What they need to know.
2: Espros99 chimes in and says, Now that Breckenridge Brewery is your official beer sponsor, the opening song needs to be changed so you're sitting in the South Stands drinking a Strawberry Sky Colch-style ale instead of a Coors.
1: I bet you uh, the legendary Tim E. can figure out a way to make that sound good. I feel like maybe it's a United and Orange. Mm. It's a little easier easier for him to uh, to mouth that out. It's a good point, though. Next one
2: coming in from Steve Atwater, Hall of Fame. He says, Andy Reid has proven to be an offensive genius. This begs the question, why don't teams just study all of the film from their games and copy exactly what he is doing in Kansas City? Do you think it is that simple and coaches are too stubborn to do it? Or do you think it's more complicated than stealing his play designs?
1: Um, a little bit of both. Coaches are super stubborn. Uh, Rich Gangarello, I have all the confidence in the world in Rich Gangarello, and again, make sure you read my story with him, uh, from yesterday, and you'll learn just kind of a little bit more about his philosophy on developing quarterbacks and whatnot. He's not, he he didn't come in here thinking, like, I'm going to run the Andy Reid offense. No, he's going to do what he's, what he knows, what he's done, what he's been, uh, familiar with his whole career. That's the Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan, Gary Kubiak, whoever you want to call it, the West Coast-style offense, um... And again, it's he's he's working on a, a master's degree in that offense. You don't just study a bunch of film and get a master's degree. You have to take a long time. So there are a couple places who are copying exactly what Andy Reid is doing. One of them is in Philadelphia uh, with um, why am I drawing Doug Peterson. One of them is in Chicago with Matt Nagy. Those guys kind of just taking what Andy Reid had because they were working on a master's underneath Andy Reid with him as their professor it's not as simple as just saying okay well they did that play let's do that play
2: and that's what you do if you really 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 want someone's offense you just hire the guys under them in order to to bring that offense to them uh, but you're right every team should be looking at every successful offense and defense and say what can we take what what pieces what plays should we take from them you really don't see it happen enough so I think it's a really good question Steve out Hall of Fame next one coming in from Willie Thomas he says how legit is Bosby, if he and Yadam can
1: just be average, will we have an elite secondary? Um, no. We need him to be better than average. Average players don't play in elite secondaries. Um, to your first question, Bosby's pretty legit, and he has a nose for the football. The football finds him. Yesterday, he didn't do much to get a pick, but the ball was up in the air. He grabbed it. He took it back for six. Um, He's fast, he's long, he's got a nose for the ball, and that's, that should excite you. You know who it reminds me of, Ryan? Lorenzo Das. Yes. And and Lorenzo
2: Das was always a stud in training camp. When the season came around and, you know, studying and doing all the right things mattered, well, he kind of fell on the depth chart. I'm not saying that Bosby's going to do that, but look, he was in the AAF for a reason last year, so that that's why I think he's going to be a stud. That's why I think he's going to be the training camp darling. And then is when it's really going to come into play for me is, okay, what what happens at the end of preseason, the beginning of, of uh, the season?
1: Zach, I have a question for you. There are now six receivers out here and Drew Locke. Do you think there's someone who should be out there right now that isn't?
2: You're talking about Joe Flacco?
1: No, I'm not. Kevin Hogan? Nope. Brett Ripon? Nope, he's not a quarterback. <laughs> who? Cortland Sutton. Mm. I don't think – you don't get to do the, the Von Miller, Emanuel Sanders, you know, walk onto the field uh, late when you had a practice like you did yesterday, in my opinion. Is he big time in it? Started to do that last season, I thought. Yep. Not even before they got out of training camp, and, and that bothered me. Yeah. Um. And, and I And I don't think it's coincidental that he started to have a few issues after that.
2: And he was one of the guys that was first on the field last year, and... I don't know if that had anything to do with him having a great training camp, but, yeah, you, you hope it, it's his second year, Ryan. He's done nothing in the NFL so far. He has 700 more receiving yards than I do in the NFL. It, you're not big time yet.
1: Again, don't want to pile on him, but I just think Deshaun Hamilton's out here. Why aren't you? Yeah, I, I agree.
2: He also says, how did Locke's footwork look? I love his athleticism and his arm, but if you can't command the pocket and be consistently accurate, you can't succeed in the NFL. You can't be
1: consistently accurate without good feet. Tell you what, he was consistently accurate yesterday. And um, he looked really comfortable. He said it himself after practice. He's like, man, I, I think back to some of the plays out there. I wasn't thinking. I was just going out there and doing it. I wasn't thinking about my footwork. I wasn't thinking about where the receiver's going to be. Snapped the ball and, and made the play. And that is huge news. It is. And he said that's what he spent the offseason working on was the footwork.
2: And you could tell yesterday, stepping up in the pocket, of course he was scrambling a lot. Uh, that's, that's probably another negative. Quarterbacks were scrambling a lot. Joe Flacco looked comfortable doing it. They're scrambling for a reason, Ryan. It's because pressure's bearing down on him. But Drew
1: Locke looked very comfortable moving around, wasn't thinking about it too much. Next one comes in from Black Hills. says, saw the Broncos are bringing back David Williams. Does this mean Booker's days as a Bronco are over? Certainly doesn't no. Doesn't
2: look good for that because what what is Devontae Booker? A bigger back, in quotes, he's not a huge back. David Williams, a bigger back. Now those are the only two bigger backs on the, on the roster. But, Ryan, I agree with you. No, I I don't think it means Devonte Booker's days are over. What I think it means is uh, some of the guys on the back end: Devonte Jackson, Kalifani Muhammad. The those are guys uh, who are small guys now. David Williams is going after those guys.
1: If someone's taking Devontae Booker's job, I'll tell you right now, it's Kalifani Muhammad. He is the one. He just has to show he can pick up a blitz, because if not, he has no chance. Um, and that's why Devontae Booker is pretty safe, in my opinion, right now. Because of all the backs, he's the best at picking up a blitz. But Calfani Muhammad is a guy who can be a third down back. You have a great third down back in Philip Lindsay. But guess what? You don't want to use him as your third down back. You're gonna ha- He's going to end up being your future back. So I think Califani Muhammad, remember, the 49ers last year had, had a bunch of small guys. Um, you don't necessarily need a big back just because you think you need a big back. Um, David Williams, good luck. He's got a chance. But Devontae Booker is in a safe position because he knows he's a veteran in this league. He knows how it goes, and he can pick up a blitz. And final year of his deal as well. Next one coming in from Black Hills. He says, Saw the Broncos.
2: Oh, no. no, or, or next no. One. Mr. Freeze says. Oh, Sunny
1: Rain. Oh, he just. Okay. Right, yeah, okay. right. My bad.
2: Next one from Mr. Freeze says The Broncos need to try to trade for Danny T. Probably, obviously, coming off the news of Todd Davis being hurt. If the Bears felt, well, it's not going to happen. Yeah, what I say is good luck because the Bears are in way more win-now mode than the Broncos.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. I was going to say, if the Bears feel like maybe they can't get him back next year, maybe they would consider it because he is in a contract year, but they're in win-now mode, so they're not going to trade anyone. Exactly, unless you pay way too much, and that wouldn't make sense. All right, next one's from Lone Star Bronco. He says, the Broncos are back. One, I listened to the Denver Sports Podcast yesterday and really enjoyed it. However, I was very disgruntled to hear the other guys not totally acknowledge that Ryan wins all arguments because it's football and football is king. That was like the only card I could play because the Broncos hadn't done anything yet. It was kind of funny uh, coincidentally. But yeah, go check out the Denver Sports Podcast. It's in this feed. If you're you know subscribed to this uh, podcast on any platform, you can find that podcast in this feed uh, and, and give it a try. It's It's very different from this podcast. And you're not going to get deep dives into Devante Bosby on that podcast. But you're going to get kind of – someone said they loved it because they're so used to coverage that is an inch wide and a mile deep. And this is a mile wide and an inch deep. And so it's just a different feel. Uh, It's really fun because all of us really get along well at BSN. And so it's just fun to kind of you know jab each other and and have fun in that way. (laughs) Two, he says, I hate injuries, whether it be our team or anyone else's. But maybe this will be a blessing in disguise. He used the, the verbiage that I uh, didn't want to use. Maybe this will force the coach's hand at giving someone else a real shot at a starting role. Maybe Jones will flourish in lockdown tight ends and running backs for years to come. You never know. You never know. It could be, it could be a really great opportunity for him. I do you know, think that Todd Davis is slightly underappreciated by the fan base, though. I think so as well. And that that's one thing that Vance
2: Joseph did a good job trying to bring light to was how important Todd Davis is, not just as, as a player but as a leader. And we heard that yesterday from Bradley Chubb, how vital he is as a leader.
1: Three is retired from Mr. B. Four, going to get some Breck brews this weekend, says Lone Star Bronco. Only the Vanilla Porter is local to me, but still looking forward to it. The Vanilla Porter is delicious. Mm. Um, not quite the summer beer that Strawberry Sky is, but maybe if you're having a little, like, a little fire in the backyard, a little late night. Um, you know, uh, you're going to have some s'mores. Really good compliment to some s'mores. All right, five. He says, I want a BSN Reisner shirt. That's all. Excited for camp. I know you guys are going to crush it. We got to let guys, you guys got to prove, you got to earn the shirt. You got to earn the shirt. All right, next one's from Bronco Duck. says, I have to agree with you guys. The Broncos have been missing a true leader of the team since Manning and Kubiak left. The more I watch and read Fangio's comments on individual players, his philosophy and the way he conducts his business, it's become clear that he fills that leadership void. As interesting as it would have been to get a guy like Zach Taylor here, there's no way he would have demanded the same respect that Fangio does. It wasn't the most flashy hire, but sitting here today, I wouldn't have it any other way. Can't wait to see this group of guys come together. No questions, just that observation. Go Broncos.
2: Yeah, right now it looks like John did a good job going the other way when the league went one way Uh, because Vic... Boy, does he does he command the group? Does he have everyone's attention? And is, is there any question on who the leader is? No, there's
1: not. And that's what this team needed. Absolutely. Next one's from Mile High Cat Lady. She says, how did the offensive line look? Was there any sort of improvement with McGovern's snaps? Also, what undrafted free agents stuck out to you? It sounds like Malik Reed and Devontae Jackson had a good day. Did we see anything from Joe Denine?" She goes on and says, loved the Denver Sports Podcast, by the way. The Broncos being... The Broncos is always a valued argument, and nothing more should need to be said. <laughs> I love how all the Broncos fans have my back on that. I'm sure there are like some Rockies fans pulling their hair oh, out. Oh, yeah,
2: that was so polarizing, so polarizing, but I love it. Uh, the offensive line, kind of mentioned it earlier, mm. quarterbacks having to run around a lot.
1: Yeah, it wasn't perfect. There was a lot of interior pressure, and man, uh, it, it was a little bit concerning to see, um, but it also just reminded me that like interior pressure is so freaking valuable. Interior pressure, the quarterback has nowhere to go. He, he's dead Especially to, when you have Von Miller. He's dead to right. Well, especially when you have Von Miller on the outside. But, you know, I saw so many times, like, I saw Billy Wynn. And it's kind of unfair because Billy Wynn is with a third-team defense going up against some undrafted rookie. Yeah. And Billy Wynn is just, like, blasting them up the middle and going after Drew Locke or Kevin Hogan or whoever. Um, little unfair there. But I guess that's good if you have unfair stuff on defense from a defensive perspective. Um, McGovern snaps. I didn't notice a bad one. There was one. Early yeah. was it early in practice? Uh, it was in the, it was in the middle. Okay, uh, I saw one time where the ball was on the ground and I didn't see the snap, um, but okay, one is okay. If you if you have one yesterday and one today and zero tomorrow and zero the next day, I'm going to be happy. Um, again, it's you know, kind of just about which way are you trending? Looks like he's trending forward. I mean, there was the last practice of OTAs. I think there was like seven.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like the optimism, but you can't have any. It, it, it's just like a long snapper. You you can't have any. Uh, but improvement, we'll, we'll we'll see. You know, if there's 19 practice. There's 19 bad snaps. That's bad. If there's three, well, it's okay because you didn't pay Matt Paradis nine million dollars in order to to pay Connor McGovern what seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. You save a lot of money. So that that would be okay. Just want to see
1: more consistency. Um, oh, are you cool with nine? Nine across training camp. No. What about nine in the first ten days, zero in the next? <laughs> uh, yes. All right. That's kind of what I'm talking about here. Is As long as it gets fixed by the end of this thing, it's fine. But until we see it get fixed. Well, yeah. No, I'm we can't just, be saying it's, like, going to get fixed. But it got fixed by, like, six snaps yesterday. <laughs>
2: Next one coming in from Broncos guy 63 says I just have to say it. Joe Flacco has not been good for a few years. I feel like we are headed down the same path as last year with Keenum, thinking we have a solid starting quarterback who we acquired because their previous team did not think they were good enough. Fairly pessimistic, I know, but it seems that the offseason gave us time to th- talk ourselves into being okay with it. I'm all for starting Drew Locke by week four or five unless we're undefeated and a complete and I'm a complete moron. and at the very least, he is exciting. Also, albeit a small sample size, Drew has shown that he can take coaching and apply it and come back even better. Sure, this year might not be great for him if he starts 10-plus games, but he seems like the kind of quarterback who would benefit more from experience. I want to hear your opinions on this. Joe Flacco has been below mediocre according to the eye test the past few years. What gives that he'll change? I know this comment may be sort of all over the place, but I have but I have decided to support the podcast by partaking in quite a few Breckenridge brews this afternoon. <laughs> Can't find any
1: Strawberry Sky near me, but I'm searching for it. Love the pod. Appreciate you guys. Strawberry Sky is going mainstream very soon. <laughs> I bet you it won't be long before it's uh, before it's in your local liquor store. Uh, but for now, we appreciate you getting whatever is near you uh, from the good folks at Breckenridge Brewery. We are the same as you. With that being said, you're crazy. You're crazy. Um, not crazy that you have low expectations for Joe Flacco. That's fine. I think he'll eventually exceed those low expectations that you have for him. Um, you're crazy for thinking that Drew Locke should start by week five. If Drew Locke, I mean, it just means the Broncos are, are a f- an abject failure. You know, like if Drew Locke is on the field week five, either there's been an injury or they're 0 and 4. And they just pull the plug on the season from right then and there and say, maybe we get a Tebow effect here um you don't you really don't want to see that trust me you know on Zach and I on this podcast feeling all you know bummed out because everyone in our job is mad and mean um you want the Broncos to have a good year you want Joe Flacco to have a good year you want him to have such a good year in fact that um Drew Lock gets to start in week 17 that's that is the best case scenario in my opinion uh and go read my story about, about what Rich Gangarillo says about the perfect scenario for developing a quarterback, and I think you'll change your mind. I don't think you're crazy, Broncos guy
2: 63. I, I think optimism, this, this is the time for optimism. John Elway said it. So, of course, everyone's going to be as optimistic as possible about everyone, especially the quarterback, but you're naive. To say that there's no chance that Joe Flacco's the guy he's been the last four years. That's not what I'm
1: saying at all. Oh, I know. I know. Okay, it's, okay, I know okay. it's
2: not what you're saying. I'm just looking at what what else he said. Uh, so no, you're absolutely right. It's just the optimistic look that we bring out here, and we we got burned by Case Keenum last year. We told you guys the truth. We we told you what we saw. He was great. Uh, you know what? Ne- really
1: quick. You know what I remembered in our defense? What? I remember that Case Keenum made a throw to Emmanuel Sanders. It was about. 25 yards down the field, just over the outstretched arms of Chris Harris Jr., right into the bucket for Emmanuel Sanders. And Chris Harris Jr. got up off the ground after diving and said, if he's making throws like this, we're going to be good. (laughs) So it wasn't just us. Even Chris Harris felt like, like Case Keenan was going to go out there and ball.
2: Yeah, because he was, he was looking really good. Um, and, and so that's just what's going to happen. So now we know, you know, take it as a grain of salt what happens here. Joe's the guy. Um, Joe's been a starter. You can, you can look back to being Super Bowl MVP in 2014. But, Ryan, I had a conversation with another media member yesterday. I realized when you do that, you're looking five, seven years ago. That's a long time. So, am I, would I bet my, mon- my mortgage, as we talked about yesterday, would I bet my mortgage on him being the guy and, 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 and having a fantastic year? No. No.
1: But he's the guy.
2: He's the guy this year.
1: Um, you don't have a mortgage. Two, <laughs> <laughs> the Broncos did Joe Flacco a huge disservice. You want to know why? Why? They took Gary Kubiak away from him. Hmm. Gary Kubiak had just given him the best year of his career. In his offense, the Broncos took Gary Kubiak away, and he was never the same after that. So that's what you can hang your hat on. I realized it was a long time ago, but I think you're a little too down on Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco's like an easy guy for a cat, and I'm not calling you a casual football fan, but he's an easy guy for casual football fans to hate on, and I think it's changed the narrative around him. It's up to him to come out here and change the narrative back the other way. Um, He's better than people think. You think the
2: Baltimore Ravens are casual football fans? And they said, get out of here, Joe. I, I, I'm, just, I'm just trying to be realistic with it. I think it got stale. Things got stale there. He was on pace for the best year of his career. You don't get stale with your quarterback if he's, if he's great. You, you don't. I think you can. No, you don't. I think you can. You, you don't. Oh, I'm not
1: saying great. You can get stale with your quarterback if he's just good. That's all they need out here is just good. He's not great. I'm not saying he's great. He's capable of greatness. No, what, what he is is,
2: twenty one touchdowns, and twelve to thirteen interceptions.
1: That'll be fine for this team. It'd be okay. So, I just think I think people love to hate on Joe Flacco, and it's become it's like it's like Nickelback. But there's a reason why people hate on Nickelback, and and, and I, I
2: I am I am optimistic on Joe, but I think I think you're crazy, not not just you, Ryan, but you're crazy if you don't take a step back and see, okay, how could this go wrong? Because what, what I don't want to be caught up in is saying, ah, we didn't see any scenarios of Case Keenum failing. Now, we,
1: we obviously did not say that last year, but I don't want to do that again. For sure. there. I, I, to- I mean, I'm not saying that Joe Flacco is going to be a— You already
2: crowned him MVP and Comeback Player of the Year for two straight years.
1: Comeback player of the year this year, MVP next year. Get it right.
2: No, come back this year. Come back next year because he was just so much
1: better. <laughs> They're like, wow, how could you even come back? He went from fifty to a hundred touchdowns. He doubled his. He doubled his uh, productivity. No, I can see. I can see a scenario in which Joe Flacco has a bad year. Um, I just think it's become popular to hate on Joe Flacco, He's in NFL circles.
2: It has. It has.
1: Uh oh, Zach. Music just got real loud out here.
2: <laughs> it's almost like last year. I'm going to have to be critical of it <laughs>
1: if there's music bumping out here. I bet it'll turn off like it did yesterday. All right. Let's uh, continue here with the questions. And the next one. Coming in from Drop Switch. He says, David Williams is back. No accountant job
2: for him. He said, hold my calculator. Apparently he's going by Dave. Dave.
1: He's gotta change. Like <laughs> he should change his name, like to like D Will or something.
2: <laughs>
1: A little more Dave spunk. Williams, is- <laughs> Burger Man. Uh, from down the Gooch. Olá, compadres. As thrilling as the Bachelorette discussion is, I have to admit I'm happy to get back to training camp talk. Last season, around this time, I wasn't very hopeful about the season. We had VJ's coach again. I was skeptical. Um, we had VJ's coach again. I was skeptical of Keenum, and as it turns out, I was right. This season feels much different. New coaching staff, new quarterback class. For the first time since Peyton retired, I feel hopeful for this team. I try to temper my expectations during training camp. It seldom ever translates into the regular season. It's nice to see how new players uh, adapt, though. My question is this. With Todd Davis out for a few weeks... Which new players are going to get more time to step up that may not have otherwise?
2: Joe Jones, we already talked about it. He's he's the very obvious one. We'll see today if he is that guy that gets all the snaps, partial snaps. Keyshawn Bieria uh, is probably the the second guy on there. Then you have Alexander Johnson um, and Joe Denine in there. But
1: Joe Jones is the guy to keep your eyes on. Oh, speaking of The Bachelorette, I'm not going to talk about The Bachelorette. Uh. Don't forget, don't (laughs) press skip. I watched that movie the other night, Idiocracy. Remember the one that came up with Beef Supreme? No. Oh, you were gone when yeah. we found out that Beef Supreme was actually a character in a movie. Remember way <laughs> back when we were having the discussion about the 60s? And then someone chimed back in. They're like, you're going to be really bummed when yeah. some player named Beef Supreme yeah. comes in and takes over yeah. the league. So we, we used to think that was a made-up name. Yeah. And so I was like, whoever came up with that, that was a hilarious made-up name. And then a bunch of people chimed in. They're like, no, that's from the movie Idiocracy. How have you not seen that? It's the most ridiculous movie ever. You're going to want to watch it once and then never again. Yeah, I've definitely never seen it. Let me tell you this. It was terrible. (laughs) A couple of the listeners were like, you got to see it. It's actually pretty funny. Didn't didn't hit my sense of humor. I get why it's funny. It just wasn't funny to me. (laughs) So it's, you, you wish you had that hour and a half back. It was actually only an hour and 20 minutes, oh, and I paid go. 399 for it. Wow. I want my money so back. So someone owes you. Someone owes me.
2: <laughs> Next one coming in from SLC Broncos says, Just curious because we didn't hear a lot about how Noah Fant looked day one of training camp. What was the biggest surprise after the first day? Let me tell you, it's, it's Jeff Hireman and Troy from Magali right now. Right now as the starting tight ends. Is that a surprise to us? Not at all. It's exactly what I told you. My articles that I've wrote in the past week that you can read on BSNDenver.com, and that's exactly what I think we talked about yesterday.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, for sure. Um, You got Noah Fant out there, and he just didn't do much no no he didn't didn't, he didn't
2: didn't do anything did not catch my attention once
1: no so he's gonna have a chance today to go out there and and make plays and 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 get himself into the observations piece yeah um but you're right it it was Troy Fumagalli and Jeff Hireman and I think for a little bit here that's what you're gonna see all right let's take a quick break here and when we come back on the other side we'll finish up the questions
0: Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years
1: The Broncos are officially stretching, and it's gotten weirdly quiet out here. Um, so maybe I don't have to be critical of Vic Fangio later <laughs> today. Um, why don't we finish up the questions, and the next one comes in from SLC Broncos. So just curious. Oh, do we already get that one? Yep. We already got that one. From Do You Like Dags? He says, RK is back, Zach is back, and the Broncos are back. <laughs> and I so too must be back.
2: What's Love up? it, Dags? What's
1: up, guys? I may have been silent, but I was still religiously consuming my BSN Broncos content. We appreciate you for that. He says, the last time I commented, cereal was still the hot topic. Totally forgot to mention kicks. Sprinkled heavily with sugar. It was one of the best. Uh, that was also way before we drafted Drew Locke. I've thoroughly enjoyed the Locke talk since that time. He has been my hope for our team's future since long before the season ended. Believe this, my BSN fam. Locke is the truth. The reason you couldn't think of an elite quarterback wearing number three, yes, I'm including Wilson, is because that number has been reserved by the football gods for true Locke to etch into the, his, into the history books. Three is for Mr. B. Locke will be the bridge, a link between the absolute greatness of the Pat Bowen era and the exciting next evolution of the Broncos that is yet to emerge. Yes, of course, the Brittany Bullen era. He finishes by saying, Sorry to be so long-winded. Maybe next offseason I will tell the tale of how I lived as a kid in, a, in terrible gang territory Making me a Raiders fan by default, but I escaped to Hawaii and became a sur- surfer. Then eventually moved to the Pacific Northwest, where I gradually fell in love with my childhood team, all to become Orange and Blue through and through.
2: Wow, we sounds do
1: need to hear that. Gotta wait what seven months, eight months for that? Need to, like a guest on the podcast to tell that story. <laughs>
2: that sounds amazing.
1: Thanks for chiming in, Dax. He finishes by saying, "Much love to the entire BSN fam and happy training camp. Same to you."
2: Next one coming in from Dan Burke. He says, hey, guys, glad that football is finally back. Have a few thoughts. Didn't hear much about McGovern's snapping issue, so I'm guessing it looked okay. Already touched on that. Okay.
1: Okay, okay, right.
2: Okay, yeah. Two, bummed about Todd. I think he gets criminally underrated by some of the fan base. Exactly what we said. We Three from that. Mr. B. Four, is it possible that Corner might be the deepest position group on the roster with Yadam and Bosby
1: both looking good so far? I feel like you can't even say so far through one practice. Right. But so far, so good. (laughs) Five. One player that I'm worried about
2: not making the 53 is DeMonte Thomas. I think he has a ton of potential, and I can't think of why he hasn't been used in covering tight ends even more. Do y'all think he makes the 53, or is it too early to tell? I do think he makes the 53. I do as well, but as as the fourth guy, so you're probably not going to see him that much. Six. What did y'all make of the low attendance? I get that it was hot and on a Thursday, but 11 and 21 over two years must have made an impact.
1: It's a mix of everything. Yep, you nailed it on the head. It's, it's all of that. It's a mix of 11 wins. It's a mix of it being really hot. It's a mix of it being a weekday. And the one more thing is it's a and weekday I don't even really want to use. I don't either. Um, but But it's also a mix of starting so early. Yep people early. are probably a little caught off guard i mean unless you're listening to this podcast you're a diehard broncos fan you might have not even known that training camp he probably might have snuck up on you i'd be on vacation right now if this is a normal start date so i imagine most of broncos country is also if i had a real job and i was skipping work um i would not choose the first day of training camp to do so. I would wait until they had pads on in fact i got a text from a buddy yesterday that said when do they put pads on that's when i'm coming right
2: exactly seven for elway eight did anyone stand out at Returner? Not exactly the most glamorous position on the team, but I'm a believer in Langley, and that's probably the only way he can make the team. I have no clue. We, 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 <laughs> if, we told you, if we gave you an answer right now, we'd be lying after the first day. That's something that will take a lot of, of time
1: and practice to get a feeling for. Brendan Langley did catch a 50-yard touchdown, though, from Drew Locke, and that's how he's going to make the team. He has to show that he can be explosive.
2: Uh, and he's, he's got to show that he can do more than just that. And that that was good. It was a it was a fantastic catch. I mean, well, we know high he can play Gunner. In zone.
1: So we know he can play Gunner on special teams. As and a, a As a receiver, he needs to show that he can do the, the, the full route tree or sure. more of the route. Closer tree. to it. Okay. Last one here from Elroy Jetson. He says, Hey guys, don't smack the cyst. If a ganglion cyst, a doctor can drain it in the office, and it doesn't hurt much of any. If you smack it, I was this stupid. Your hand will be swell and numb for a lengthy period. I took two weeks to recover to have mine out so how's it doing i stuck a needle in it oh and we're good good i think we're good i mean the swelling's down did it drain not really weirdly Uh, ah but that helped the swelling there was some blood and wow that was about the end of it was it it painful and as we know the rules of this podcast there's no blood talk allowed (laughs) two he says i'm on the hunt for breckenridge beer in my area in louisville 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 Louisville, kentucky there we go louisville louisville Third, third time's a charm my first location was a bust, even though the finder claimed they had it. Oh, well, that's messed up. Three's for Mr. B. Four, I'm a D guy. What's that mean?
2: <laughs> I don't know. You would have you laughed at me if I said that.
1: <laughs> I definitely would have. <laughs> so I have to ask, how did the D line look ah, in their first day back? Oh, okay. There
2: we go. Well, they looked good. they were getting pressure left and right, up the middle, everywhere.
1: Yeah, Definitely. Five and finally, he says, did anyone show up looking either better than expected or like they ate a few too many meals and desperately need to get back in game shape? <laughs> I didn't notice any uh, any big bellies where there shouldn't be big bellies. Did you? I don't think I did. Um, there was no CJ Anderson no, situation. Speaking of here. big
2: bellies, though, I did see Zach Kerr making some
1: plays. I also saw Royce Freeman practicing in, in a hood. <sighs> like Vic Fangio's already taken it too far with the crew neck. Royce had a hoodie. Is that... Maybe C- because he wants to be like CJ? I mean, if you want to shed some pounds. <laughs> he didn't look big, though. No. No, he didn't. Um, like, he's a bigger back, but it, it's not like he needed to. You know who did, who looked a little bit better than expected from a physicality standpoint? Philip Lindsay? Philip Lindsay. <laughs> yes, indeed. I was just guessing because I thought you were going to compliment Philip Lindsay again. And I was right. I enjoy complimenting. <laughs> but I mean, did you see the, like? there's a picture of him walking in on yeah. the first day? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, if he had a wrist injury, how did he get so piped up? <laughs> yeah. He's on the Jano plan. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's my guy for for looking better than expected. I don't think anyone um, Wait, did. Wait, your guy, Philip Lindsey? I know. Is this breaking? It's a big, big, <laughs> cha- big change. <laughs> By the way, speaking of my guys, Juwan Winfrey had a couple nice, nice plays yesterday. He did. He the, did. The kid can play. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to wrap it up for us. Make sure you subscribe using the promo code Broncos Camp, uh, and you'll get that sick deal that we talked all about in the first segment. But that's going to wrap it up for us today. Remember, you want to know what happened at practice today? Go on to BSNDenver.com. We'll have all of our observations after practice and we will literally read them to you as if we are your personal nanny. Because that's what we are. <laughs> a couple of nannies. <laughs> all right, guys. We'll catch up with you tomorrow on the BSN Broncos podcast. Yes, that's right. Saturday podcast tomorrow get used to it
0: guys, it's Allie and Lindsay here, and we want to talk to you about our new favorite wine subscription. It is Winester. The best thing about Winester is that they work with small wineries. You know BSN loves supporting small local businesses, and Winester is just that, supporting real people making real wine. These guys will curate a hand-picked shipment for you from the best small wine producers in the U.S. So my favorite part about Winester is the fact that